Good evening, and uh, welcome to Journey. We're glad you're here. Uh, what an awesome uh, evening it is to be together. Uh, what a weird weekend we've had, uh, not like uh, what we normally look for around uh, this part of the country. But I'm glad you're with us today, and uh, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about what we're celebrating, and uh, some really uh, some things in my heart I want to share with you tonight. Uh, but first of all, I want to tell you something maybe you've been experienced a few weeks ago. Um, I was recovering from surgery, shoulder surgery, and, and I was asleep, and I heard this sound. And then I heard this sound. And then I heard this sound. Yeah, don't, don't fail me now. So, uh, so obviously, you know this is a, a smoke alarm, right? And uh, I could get my arm about here. A right arm. So that, uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, so these things are, in our home, they're all wired together. And uh, when one goes off, they, I think it kind of cues the others to go off as well. And, uh, and my hearing is slipping a little bit, so I'm not sure which one is going off in the, in the house because they, they kind of tend to echo around the room. Uh, so, uh, so I get up in the middle of the night and I'm trying to, to wander around in the house trying to figure out which alarm was going off, trying to climb a ladder when you're half asleep, trying to figure out. Our alarms never go off during the daytime. They never go out. The batteries never go out in the daytime. It's always in the middle of the night when they go off. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you know, and then, then they go off. So I'm like, okay, I got it. You know, it's that time of, it's that time of the year. I'm going to change batteries. So I go, and we've had these batteries uh, for some time, and I put them all in, you know, and I'm thinking, I've got it set. And then all of a sudden, I hear this. Yeah. All right, so that's not, so my batteries must be bad. So I go and I buy a whole new set of batteries because we got seven of these things in the house scattered around. And uh, so seven new batteries, um, put all the batteries in. I think I've got it fixed, right? No, it goes again. And um, so finally, yeah, it just doesn't quit and there's no pattern to it either. You know, what I've discovered is just kind of a little bit crazy. So, uh, so finally, I realized, I didn't know this, maybe you might figure it out, these things have an expiration date on them, and the new ones do anyway, and they will actually wear out, and you have to replace the whole thing. So a few weeks ago, I went and bought seven new ones and got them put up. You know, I thought I knew a little bit about things, because I've dealt with these things we all have at some point in our life, um, but you know what we think we know, the familiar, what we feel like we understand, isn't always true, is it? And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about some things that we thought we knew about Jesus' birth. And to be honest with you, Christmas is one of the most challenging times of the year for a preacher because we always try to find a new slant, a new way to look at this familiar story that we've heard all of our lives as believers. And we always try to figure out how can I present this in a way that's a little bit different. So this year, we've tried to kind of take it what you thought you knew and and, and maybe prove that some of those things may not be true. We talked about Jesus' parents. We talked about the birth of Jesus this past Sunday. We talked about how Jesus was received in Herod and the, the wise men that came together. And uh, tonight I'm going to kind of wrap it up by talking a little bit about what was the purpose of Jesus' birth. And, and I, I got to be honest with you, if you already know everything I'm going to say, that's great. I didn't know everything I'm going to say, so it's kind of news to me. I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope it sheds some light. When you start singing the Christmas songs, you hear the Christmas story, I hope that you think about this night and go, I didn't know that, but I, now I do, and it makes it even more special, all right? So Matthew chapter 2, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, or Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Well, guys, this is what Christmas is all about. It really is what it's all about. Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Lord, was born. Did you notice, and I, don't, I have to admit, I've, I've read this literally hundreds of times, did you notice how many names the angel gave, uh, announced to the shepherd? How many names uh, to Jesus the angels actually said? I've never noticed that before. You see, names are pretty important, aren't they? Uh, we have a new baby coming to our family. We're kind of excited about it. And there's been more than one conversation about names because names are significant. Names are important, right? New parents spend hours talking about what to name their child, and they might even change the name after they see the baby. We had that. We had a name in mind for one of our daughters, and this is who it was, but when we saw her, we're like, that's not, doesn't look like that name, so it's going to be somebody else, right? Names are important. They, they make a difference there. The name has to fit. But you know what? In, in the Bible times, someone's name was even more significant than just feeling right and fitting, right? Because a name expressed someone's essence, not just what, what they were called, but it actually who they were. If you knew someone's name, you knew their nature, you knew their character, you, and sometimes even their occupation or their purpose, because their name was huge. Some of you tapped into this when you named your kids and you got the meaning for that because you knew they had a destiny to fulfill. Well, Jesus had several names to describe who he is. So what do we learn from these babies' names? What do we learn from the names that the angels announced to the shepherds? We discovered that they describe his character and his purpose, not just who he was, but what he was going to do. So I wanna take a little bit of time and look at the names that the shepherds were given and who Jesus really is. First of all, there is the word savior. The word savior is a Hebrew word that means rescuer, rescuer. You know, a few summers ago, our family went on a floating trip down the, uh, the uh, creek. Uh, they went in a canoe. Lori and I thought we should be safe. We should go. We went in a canoe. They went in kayaks. Uh, we flipped the canoe. I think that's a legend nowadays. And, and honestly thought we were drowning. We really did. Lori and I were tangled up under the canoe. Uh, the water was swift. It, it was all over us. We thought we were dang, uh, drowning. And our son-in-law, who's a nurse, hurried over and pulled us out of the water. Uh, it was knee deep, I believe. But we were sitting on our butts and we thought we were drowning. I mean, we, we were going under. Uh, but we needed a savior and he saved us. And I'm very grateful that he did that for us. But you know what? We all need a savior from our sins because we're all drowning. It's the reality. We're drowning in our sin. We need a savior. Romans chapter three said, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans six, chapter, uh, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So the reality is that all of us are drowning in our sins and we all need a savior. It's pretty, really pretty simple, really pretty simple. But what does it mean to be and need a savior? Well, I'm going to give you some words that kind of explain and help us understand what saving us meant. The first word is redemption. Redemption, that's a pretty familiar word to us. And this means that our Savior bought us and paid the price for our deliverance from sin. So this baby was going to be a Savior that was going to deliver, 
was going to redeem or purchase us. The word means to go into the marketplace and buy someone. As in that day, someone would go into a market and buy a slave, and then they would give them a freedom. Here's the bill of sale. This is now yours. You own yourself. Nobody owns you anymore. You are set free. They are redeemed. Galatians chapter four says, but when the time, set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So not only were we redeemed and set free from our sin, but we were actually invited into the family. That now we're not just free, but we are family members. And that thought goes along real well with the idea of redemption, because once we are redeemed, we belong to the one who redeemed us. We are now his. We were bought with the blood of Christ, and we are his possession now. A final aspect of being redeemed is that because Jesus paid the price for us, we are freed from the condemnation and the slavery that sin brings to us. We are redeemed. We are set free. Another really cool word, the second word is propitiation. I bet you don't use that word very often, do you? Probably can't even pronounce it. I'm sure mine is wrong. But you see, God is a righteous God and demands punishment for those who sin against him. So Christ, in his death, he paid propitiation, which means atonement or satisfaction of that claim. So that God is now fully satisfied through Christ in saving a person who does not deserve to be saved, which, by the way, is all of us. So even though you never heard of the word or you don't know the word, propitiation is a pretty important word to all of us. And this is what allows a, a, a holy God to justly save and forgive sinners because Jesus has paid for it. The third word is reconciliation. What is a part of our salvation? Reconciliation. Sin separates us from God and God will not compromise his standards. He doesn't lower his standards. But in the death of Christ, reconciliation is provided when our sins are forgiven and we are made holy in God's sight. In other words, we are reconciled because we are lifted up in Christ to God's high standard. He doesn't lower his standard, but we're lifted up. Second Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And all this is from God who's reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. So when the angel said to them, he is Savior... It was a mouthful. It wasn't just like, oh, he's the Savior. It meant a lot. He was saying that, that Jesus would redeem what was lost, he would pay the price to reinstate it with God, and he would reconcile us to God. That's what's in his name, Savior. And that's a lot to comprehend about a baby, isn't it? But that's what it meant. The angel also said that Jesus would be Messiah or Christ. Messiah or Christ. Messiah comes from the Hebrew word that means anointed one or chosen one. A lot of the Old Testament scriptures and prophecies that we talked about, they speak of a Messiah figure who's going to come and deliver the people of God. Over time, there were freedom fighters and zealots and people that would rise up and call themselves Messiah and lead rebellions against um, the government that were always crushed. But the Jews always held out for a true Messiah, a deliverer, a prophet king who they thought would deliver them from Rome and then install a new and glorious kingdom of Israel in the land and everything would be restored back to their former glory. Now, of course, Jesus didn't fulfill that, didn't turn out to be the warrior king that they expected. His deliverance is of a different nature. 
It's a deliverance from our sins. That's who the Messiah was really going to be. In the Old Testament, prophets and priests and kings were anointed separately. They were anointed and set apart, and prophets proclaimed the word of God. Priests would serve as intercessors between God and man. Kings would lead the people of God. But in Jesus, they all came together. He was prophet, priest, and king, Messiah. He is the ultimate anointed one. And then the word Christ... The word Christ is a Greek word. So Messiah is Hebrew. Christ is Greek for the anointed one or the chosen one. So that's why your Bible will say he is the Messiah or the Christ. The kind of words are interchangeable there. The one who is uniquely and the ultimately Savior. And the most prominent idea behind the title Christ is that of a king. That is Jesus. So the angel was saying, this baby will be the Messiah. He will be a king, a prophet, priest, and a king. And you know, in that day, when a new king came to power, other kingdoms would oftentimes send emissaries with lavish gifts to welcome him and to establish a relationship. And that's what happened in Matthew chapter 2, when the Magi came to bring gifts to Christ, the newborn king. They came to honor him and to recognize him as a king. Even his enemies saw him as a king. Do you remember near at the time of his crucifixion that Pilate asked him if he was the king of the Jews? And remember Jesus said, yes, he was. So when we call Jesus Christ, it is acknowledgement of his kingship over our lives. He is the king of our lives. Well, the last word used by the angel here was Lord. Was Lord. A savior has been born, the angel said to you. He is the Messiah or Christ. He is the Lord. And you know that last term is probably the most incredible name of all. The name Lord is amazing because it was a word that was used to refer to God himself, referring to God. In fact, it was the name that God used in referring to himself. In the Old Testament, it was the word Yahweh, Yahweh. Some of the Jewish people almost wouldn't speak the word because they were afraid they would mispronounce it or that they would blaspheme God in some way by even saying that name. But basically what it means, it means I am, that God is. The Hebrew word is Adoniah. That's the word for Lord. One who was, one who is, one who will always be. So in calling Jesus Lord, it was a declaration of Jesus' deity, that this baby to be born literally would be God. This baby would be God himself visiting our planet to make himself known to us. And it's hard for us to imagine that Jesus left his exalted position in heaven and came to earth to save us. We call it the incarnation, the embodiment of God, the Son in human flesh as Jesus Christ. So whenever we make a commitment to Christ, we accept him as our Savior and as our Lord, acknowledging that he is now the king of our lives and he is God in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never thought about this birth announcement in this way. I have never looked at these names and truly understand the impact of what the angel was saying. God's gift to mankind has many names, many names. But you know what? The name that might be most relatable to you is simply the name Jesus. Jesus. Jesus was the name which Mary and Joseph were told to give to their child. And that name means God saves. 
God saves. Paul says this, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus. Can you just say that? Jesus. Jesus. There's an old song that says there really is something about their name. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. And what's so amazing is that that angel's declaration that night in the field to the shepherds is as relevant today as it was back then. And that's how we need to think about the birth of Jesus Christ. That today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Christ He is the Lord. Come and worship him. I hope you never look at the announcement the same again because it's amazing what we were being told and what many of us never see and what the world doesn't appreciate about Jesus. And I pray that we will go away and never ever think as low as we have wherever that's been, but that we would just think highly of who Jesus really was that he is the son of God. In just a few moments, we're going to light our candles. And uh, I just want to encourage you, is this a moment, I believe it's kind of a a silent night moment. I believe we're going to sing that song like we often do. Uh, But it is a quiet moment to reflect. And would you take a few moments and just reflect on these names, uh, who Jesus really is, whatever name that, that res- resonates with you right where you are right now, that you would consider that name, wherever your need is, the greatest in this moment, that you would think and consider and focus on that name. So uh, I'm gonna grab a candle here and I'm gonna light a couple of places um, just by uh, kind of courtesy. If your candle is lit, uh, keep it like this. Uh, if yours is not, <laughs> you can light like this, all right? Uh, we wanna make it safe. We don't want this fire smoke alarm to really be needed tonight. Uh, here. So, um, but let's pray and then let's go to a time of, of lighting. Father, uh, we come tonight and God, we are reminded of your amazing gift to our earth. Father, those shepherds could never have conceived in their mind what the angels were truly saying. And Father, we all think or thought we knew what was being said, but maybe we don't grasp the gravity of who Jesus really is. God, I thank you that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior, that he is Lord, and we call him Jesus. Father, we're so grateful for your gift to us. Lord, help us to live in the light of that. Father, help us to reflect just now on the things that we need to know most about Jesus for what's going on in our world. And we thank you for these names that describe his person, his character, and his purpose. And I pray in his name, amen.